Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen, and welcome to this special edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. Tonight, is we're going to try and uh, break down the craziness that's going on in the Boston area, the New England area, as Bruce Arena, many of you know, has stepped down as the sporting director and head coach of the New England Revolution. Many, many issues have popped up afterwards during a very long and tedious, basically no communication during Major League Soccer's investigation uh, with whatever was said at training. But to help us with this whole mess is, of course, Sam Minton from the Blazing Musket. Uh, Follow Sam and the Blazing Musket if you are a New England Revolution supporter or if you're just a supporter of the game in the United States. Sam, welcome to the show. And... um, (laughs) it's been a very long time, I would say, since something crazy and nutty has happened up in Foxborough. Uh, Obviously, things have always been solid and strong for the last several years under Bruce Arena's leadership, but now uh, so many twists and turns going on here. What has been the most crazy thing that you can think of right now and why this whole situation has happened? Yeah, well, Dan, first, uh, thank you for having me. As you mentioned, it is, it is such a weird time filled with craziness. I wouldn't imagine uh, probably about a month ago that I would be recording a Twitter spaces uh, every uh, night uh, because we're all reacting to this news. And so I hopped off that. Now, now I'm talking with you. It, it, it's great that there's an appetite for uh, New England Revolution and you know coverage news, but it's absolutely insane. I'll say personally, um, I, I was live on a Twitter space when we found out the news that Clint P.A. was going to be named intern head coach and that it was no longer Richie Williams, and that absolutely blew my mind to think of the fact that in the span of about nine days, you had Bruce Arena resigning and Richie Williams kind of being named officially the interim head coach, and then now in the span of about 24, 48 hours, you went from Richie Williams being interim head coach to now Clint P.A. being the interim head coach and Charlie Joseph and Dave Vandenberg no longer being a part of the coaching staff. I mean, I'm, it's, it's just amazing to see everything that is falling apart from within the revolution. Um, and during this, I haven't seen the whole YouTube thing. I've seen a snippet here and there, but here's Kurt Anolfo, who is at the moment the interim sporting director, telling everyone about stop talking about all of the baloney meaning what's been going on with Bruce, what's been going on with this whole current situation, that the players are not united, um, the staff has been reduced, and everything that's going on. And, you know, the, the, the question I have is, why is Anolfo informing the New England soccer media to stop with the baloney and to just assume everything is going to be right as rain. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I can act in good faith and say that maybe he was more just talking about a general message in terms of the team, but definitely just kind of the messaging of all this baloney when you have Bruce Arena being investigated for, you know, alleged insensitive and inappropriate comments. Uh, the investigation kind of comes to a head with his resignation where he admits that there's some level of wrongdoing on his part that he apologizes for. And in all of this, there is a victim. Obviously, there's the athletic report that uh, Richie Williams was one of those who complained, and it's possible that Richie Williams is a victim in all of this. And now Richie Williams is uh, taking time away from the club. The club granted him that, and they acknowledge uh, club president Brian Bellow that this has been a really hard time for Richie as he's constantly in the media kind of being berated uh, and kind of being uh, antagonized, you know, especially – after that athletic report, you know, I'm not someone who's disputing the athletic report. Definitely Tom Boger at Pablo Mauer do amazing work and trust them. But it, it seems like a lot of, you know, the confusion and a lot of the anger, not anger, but I guess uh, disappointment with the situation comes from the lack of transparency. And because of that lack of transparency and confusion, you get conflicting reports. So you had the athletic and Tom Boger and Pablo Mauer say that players refused to train. You had uh, you know, a local radio host said that they refused to train. But Matt Polster, you know, kind of on the record, issued a statement to the Blazing Muskets' own Seth McCumber and said that no players refused to train. So a lot of this is kind of, you know, PR, uh, you know, blowback in terms of the lack of information, which, again, you can partially understand. But I, I think to call this all a bunch of baloney is maybe minimizing what happened, especially because there is a victim out there somewhere. I agree. If there is a victim out there, I mean, we have to find out what happened, who was it aimed at, and, you know, we, we have to have a full understanding of what's going on because I know you read a lot of tweets on Twitter slash X from Revolution supporters how they are demanding Bruce Arena return because they feel they're being um, – hoodwinked they feel like you know they're being jaded right now as you've already said the information is not coming out no one is talking about it everyone is upset they're, they're calling out richie williams they're calling out probably members of the front office uh of what's going on even brian biello's probably getting some some flack aimed at his way as he is the president of the club and of course then i would say last saturday uh, after the U.S. defeated Uzbekistan 3-0 in their friendly that night, all of a sudden at 10.30 in the evening, here comes a statement from Bruce Arena, and I'll just quickly read it. After much soul-searching, I've decided to resign my position as head coach and sporting director of the New England Revolution. To begin, I would like to thank Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft for providing me with this opportunity over four years ago. In my time with the Revolution, we have had much success, and it truly has been a direct reflection of all the support the organization has provided me. In particular, I also want to thank all the players, coaches, and staff at the Revolution as everyone has provided outstanding service and done a terrific job to help elevate the club to where it is today. Obviously, thanks to the Sox community in New England. And um, he admits he's made some mistakes moving forward. He plans to spend some time reflecting on the situation. And he also, uh, you know, appreciates... Uh, the revolution and gratitude for soccer. And then, you know, the, the MLS statement really bothers me a little bit because now apparently um, he's going to need permission if he wants another job again in major league soccer to go through some sort of 
training or, or to get special permission from Commissioner Don Garber uh, if he wants to come back and get a job as a head coach of, of, of any club in, in the league. I, I mean, did you find the timing of these pieces of information strange because it came late Saturday night? Yeah, so it definitely was strange. I mean, you mentioned U.S. friendlies. For, for the Revs, it came pretty much minutes after final whistle where they – Blew the game in Minnesota against Minnesota United. Uh, Dane St. Clair assisted on a Franco Fragapane game time goal, last kick, absolute buzzer beater. Um, and then minutes later, you get you know the statement that you know Bruce Arena has resigned. His statement, and the club says that there will not be any media availability uh, due to the circumstances. Which I understand there was some pushback against that, and I think it's definitely reasonable and fair. I don't exactly know if we were going to get a whole lot of information out of it. All the questions were going to be about Bruce resigning. And especially with Richie Williams' press conference that he had early in the week when he still was interim head coach, he didn't say a lot, and he would just really be walking into, you know, an unsuspecting uh, situation. Um, so overall, the timing was very, very weird. It, it seemed like from what we heard from Brian Bellow today is that they were kind of reactive, and, you know, they were reacting to the news that Bruce was resigning. We've heard that, you know, the players didn't know beforehand. They found out when everybody else found out. So it seems like the Reds were reacting to the news that Bruce Arena had resigned, and it wasn't something that was planned days or even hours in advance. They had to quickly react, react, and that's why the statement came out, uh, you know, pretty much basically immediately after the final whistle. I mean, I have to be honest with you, Sam. Uh, it, it just feels like, you know, Richie Williams, Kurt Anolfo, they've been with Bruce Arena for such a long period of time. Uh, they were players at DC United, um, part of his coaching staff, wherever he went, whether it be um, at the New York Red Bulls, at the Los Angeles Galaxy, of course, going to the Revolution. I mean, I, I just find it really, really difficult seeing these two guys just making a, making a complaint, or at least Richie making a complaint against basically his mentor, uh, his, his head coach that he's been, you know, been with for so many years. I mean, Richie is a good enough head coach to be on his, to be on his own, to finally lead a club. But, you know, he always finds a way to, you know, heed the call from Bruce to say, listen, I want you on my uh, coaching staff, Richie. And, And he just goes in the snap of the fingers. I find this really, really amazing that Richie would actually, file a complaint against Bruce Arena. Yeah, it's very Shakespearean, especially with how the athletic report comes out, especially, you know, reporting, I believe it it was eight sources, you know, told Tom Bogart that Richie Williams was among those who made a complaint. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, information in there, such as Richie Williams was told, or at least his representatives were told, that, that he should be looking for a landing spot in 2024 and that he wouldn't be coming back. So it continues to add that layer, and it just makes you think, Either, you know, this was just an absolute backstab. Um, and, you know, again, Richie has been basically since he was 18, you know, associated and working with Bruce. Either it's that or whatever Bruce did was so, you know, you know, bad and, and so out of line, so over, over the line that Richie felt compelled to say something. Are we ever going to find out, you know, what was said? What are those alleged insensitive and appropriate comments? Personally, I'd be surprised, especially with the whole Ime Adoka situation uh, with the Boston Celtics. You know, it, it kind of almost prepped, uh, you know, fans in New England about this because 
obviously there's some information out there, but you don't know the whole story. And it really seems like there's a great possibility that we never do know the full story. But again, if I know Bruce Arena, like I know Bruce Arena, he'll probably want to tell his side one day. I hope so, too. Once again, this is the Four Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. I'm with Sam Mitten from the Blazing Musket uh, covering the New England Revolution. Um, you know, I, I found it strange enough that even though Bruce did step down, you know, and, and with all the things that have been going on against him, his assistant coaches, of course, uh, a revolution legend like Shalry Joseph on his coaching staff, Dave Vandenberg, a former player in MLS, a former Dutch player as well, um, was on his coaching staff. They both learned a lot from him, and with all the negativity aimed at Bruce, they, they both said on an Instagram post that, uh, I thank you for what you've done for me. Gustavo Bo also said, thank you, Bruce, for bringing me to, me to the revolution in MLS. You've been fantastic. Now, I really find this hard to believe that after everything that Bruce Arena has done for the game in this country, both in club and country, for the many years he has done, you know, he's got his soccer hall of fame red jacket. Um, I just find it really hard to believe that all of this has come crumbling down in front of him the way this has. Yeah, it's definitely something where I never imagined this being how the Bruce Arena era in New England ends. You know, obviously he was getting up there in age. It seemed like it, it was getting close to the end, but you, you never thought it was going to end like this, especially so abruptly. And, you know, you touch upon what Bruce has done for the game, you know, club and country. When it comes to club and New England Revolution, Charlie Joseph has done a whole lot as well, too. So it's really disappointing to kind of see another abrupt, another kind of turmoil-filled end to his time with the New England Revolution. Obviously, as a player, he had some disagreements regarding transfers and, you know, ended up getting traded. And now, you know, he served as assistant coach. He worked his way up through the academy as a coach and was now serving on Bruce's staff. And he gets this unceremonious exit. So, you know, it it was definitely a shock uh, to see that, you know, Bruce was gone. I think, again, it was something that everyone knew was going to happen one day, but they just didn't expect it to happen so soon. You know, I want to ask you this, and obviously, you know, you've spent four years right now with Bruce Arena being with the club uh, in the revolution, going to training, Zoom calls, post-match show, uh, post-match practices at Gillette Stadium. Has he changed in some ways i mean like you've said he's 71 years old and as much as respect i have for bruce for what he has done for the game in this country as i said for club and country um has he been changing a little bit has he had a different demeanor has he been more agitated than normal what is it have you seen anything different from bruce since coming to the revolution Personally, you know, when it comes to my interactions, I I haven't really seen a whole lot of a difference. You know, there's definitely those times when Bruce is very sarcastic or snarky. You know, if I ever asked him about Giacomo Grioni, he would always uh, be quite snarky and sarcastic. But at the end of the day, I would always end up tacking it up to just Bruce being Bruce. And, you know, it just seemed to be his attitude. There wasn't any grave changes, at least in my opinion, that I noticed, you know, not an emotional or, or mental expert, but it, it didn't seem like there was great changes. Like like you said, he's kind of stuck to this character that he's kind of, you know, built and maintained. And, you know, he's he's going to be very sarcastic. His, his comments will be snarky. 
But at the end of the day, it's just Bruce being Bruce. And the Rebellion, the supporters group, has also asked for a supporter summit with the club. I'll just quickly put this up there and uh, read it. This is from yesterday, September the 12th on Tuesday of this year. With our passion for the New England Revolution, we at the Rebellion have called for a return of the supporters summit for our members. The request has officially been submitted. Uh, the unique gathering promises to provide an invaluable platform for passionate and devoted fans to engage in open and candid discussions with the leadership of the New England Revolution. Um, they've also have said they would uh, like to have uh, Commissioner Don Garber join in on this as well, along with Robert and Jonathan Kraft and the Captain Carlos Heel and um, and also Brian Biello's availability if he's able to make this. Uh, do you think having a town hall meeting with the rebellion and any any revolution supporter out there um, can hopefully mend some fences because once again there there hasn't been any real information coming from either the league or from the revolution as you've already said and I as I've already said to inform us what that situation was that made this whole chain reaction of events happen yeah you know it's actually perfect I, I, on that twitter space as i saw i was on with my colleague tommy quinlan gustavo Loach. we t- we talked with uh cory caldier who runs the rebellion you know he's he's their current president and you know they really just want to get some clarity on you know what's going on with the club obviously when it comes to the investigation they're not necessarily expecting to find out everything but they do want a little bit more transparency and they uh cory mentioned that along with, you know, asking for Don Garber to be there, they want someone from the league there because Richie Williams and kind of, you know, the revolution, you know, front office has stated, you know, any questions regarding Bruce in the investigation, you'll have to go to the league. So they want to have someone like Don Garber to finally kind of talk about this and give a statement on this. Or they mentioned to any other league official who could speak on the Bruce Arena investigation. So it seems like they're just wanting to look for some meaningful conversation. Like you said, kind of mend some fences because fans are obviously upset about the lack of transparency. I even asked Brian Bellow what his message to the fans would be, who, what his message to the fans would be, especially considering, you know, they're upset over the lack of transparency. And, you know, you can check, check what, what he wrote at the Blazing Musket, but it, it seems like a good opportunity. I would hope the club would take it, you know, the, especially the supporters groups. They're humongous supporters of the club. They travel with the club in terms of, you know, going to away games. They're always there, and they put their time and effort in. So, obviously, I don't expect them to get the nitty-gritty details of what Bruce Arena did, but they should get some clarity on how it was handled, what this means for the future of the club, how will, you know, the status of the club be maintained. They deserve some answers, so hopefully they'll be able to get them. This at you, uh, Sam, because obviously we've had three incidences where, well, if you want to count four, one it's one person on two separate incidences, of course, obviously. Um, the situation that happened with Taxis Fountas at DC United, obviously what happened at the New York Rebels with Dante Von Zier and now with Bruce Arena. Do you think the league has handled the information or at least the attempt of finding the information of all these uh, terrible moments in whether it was a slur or not that made by Bruce Arena. I mean, obviously I'll never know. I mean, we're only speculating what it is, but do you think the league has done a, 
a good job in handling all three players. Of course, Fountas, twice he's done it. Once against, a t- once against an opponent, the other one against his own teammate. Uh, do you think they've done a good job in handling these investigations? Yeah, especially when it comes to you know th- those players and, and the use of racial slurs, especially speaking on that. I-, I-, I can say that I don't think the league has done a good job. I think they've kind of just haven't been harsh enough with their punishments, and I think a lot of it could come down to it seems like these are all you know incoming transfers you know, just getting implemented in the league and you can kind of say they're coming from different areas of the world and for some reason they might not be up on what is okay to say and what is not. Um, you would think they would, but I guess, you know, the common sense, you know, isn't so common as they say. So th- they're supposed to go through this kind of mandated training, especially in regards to, you know, diversity and w- what have you. So it seems like they need to do a better job of implementing that. But I think when you do have these situations, especially when it's happening on the field, especially when, you know, the second tactic of this incident, when it's happening in the locker room, it's happening in a very public setting in terms of the team handling it, you, you need to come down harshly. I mean, I, I won't, you know, mince words. I'm pretty much happy that Taxi Fountas is out of the league, but I think you should have gotten a much more severe punishment, um, you know, that first incident. And, you know, there, there was other incidents as well where it just seemed like the punishment didn't, line up uh, with the incident. So especially, you know, those incidents that we have, you know, confirmed or I guess, uh, you know, speculating that there was racial slurs used in terms of those players. I I think the league needs to come down harshly and then also look at their internal processes and make sure that these players are going through the training. And you would hope, obviously, that they wouldn't do these things uh, prior to coming to MLS, but maybe you can even ensure even more that these incidents will not happen. I'm telling you, Sam, it's just really, it's just really disappointing that it just feels like that Major League Soccer is, they don't want to handle the negativity that's coming their way. Uh, Either they don't want to, you know, nip it in the bud right off the bat, or they're just not taking a harder stance on it. I I just feel like they just rather just tiptoe through the tulips and, um, you know, let it pass as quickly as possible and get back to status quo. And they need to understand when something is coming in front of you, you got to handle it head on and and you just have to nip it in the bud. I'm not saying they got to get rid of it one, two, three, but they have to do their due diligence, but at the same time, be very, very proactive and make sure this stuff does not happen again. Exactly, exactly. And it just seems like too many times, especially, you know, with players using racial slurs or what have you, uh, that just keeps happening. You just hope that, Eventually, it will stop, and hopefully, you know, MLS will be able to step in and make sure that it doesn't happen again. Yep, exactly. Let's get back to the situation at hand, though. Unfortunately, Richie Williams, of course, now is not with the club. Uh, Biello has allowed him to take some time away. As you said, Clint P.A., another uh, club legend who's doing uh, work with Revolution 2 and MLS Next Pro, is now the interim head coach to the interim head coach who's now taking some time off. What is it? What is it about that that you think? Do you think that's the right move for Richie? Do you think Richie should take a couple of weeks away? I mean, there's not many games left in this season for him to come back to, uh, unless they still have their playoff spot. And at the same time, do you feel that the players are truly united, or do you feel there's there is some form of turmoil going on right now? 
Yeah, I mean, when it comes to kind of the, the turmoil, obviously, with the reports from the athletics saying that the revolution refused to train, that would indicate that there is some, at least, divide or schism in the locker room. And obviously, Matt Polster came out and said that that was not the case. But we haven't really gotten to speak to players face-to-face. Tomorrow, Carlos Hill will be speaking, so I, I assume he will be asked about that. If not, I will. Um, so it does seem like there was some schism, and it seemed really hard for Richie Williams to stay in his spot. So I do think it was the right move, whether he stays with the organization that he, he still technically is. Uh, I don't know if I would be surprised if he kind of just stays away for maybe even the rest of the season. And then you see come the off season, he's no longer with a club, maybe a mutual agreement, what have you. Because this seems very hard. I mean, maybe he – uh, takes over as Revs 2 head coach, but that would personally uh, be a bit stunning to me and definitely would be a downgrade for him. But it, it seems like his time in New England could be coming to an end, whether it be at the end of the season or just kind of off season. But I definitely think Clint Pia is the right guy moving forward. He's done some great things with Revs 2, and I think you just want someone who's going to be able to see out uh, – you know, the rest of the season, I think Clint P.A. is that guy, and I'm really excited for him to get this chance because he's done some great things with Reds, too. But I also think he won't rock the boat too much. Uh, you know, he'll be able to kind of be respected by players, but he won't be out there, you know, making crazy demands or being demonstrative. He, he, he's going to be someone who the players can trust and hopefully, you know, help the revolution stay in this uh, hunt for an MLS Cup. Seven matches remaining for the Revolution. I know they have a good chunk of points um, behind Cincinnati. I mean, they're, they've already clinched a playoff spot, Cincinnati. I know they're in second place in New England. Do you feel this whole situation is going to, I don't want to say railroad, you know, aspirations of maybe getting to a long playoff run, but does it concern you that now this distraction has happened? And even though the front office is trying to damage control everything, do you feel though that these players are not going to allow this to bother them? Or do you feel there's still a hint of doubt inside that, uh, that locker room, uh, whether it be at the training facility or at Gillette stadium? Yeah, you know, I'll definitely give the locker room credit, especially, you know, prior to Bruce Arena's resignation. I can only really speak about that. They're a really tight locker room. You know, they have veteran leaders. Um, I, I would say they're a really tight locker room. So if anyone could possibly handle this, I would say it is them. But obviously, you know, it, it was interesting. We were supposed to speak to Carlos on Tuesday, and he ended up not speaking. And then you get those reports of players not uh, wanting to train, and obviously, Carlos being the captain, a lot of it turns to him. You would think that if your captain wanted to train, he would get everybody out there. So that bears the question, did Carlos want to train? So that will definitely be a topic of, the, of discussion. So th- there could be, but I think if any team is capable of handling this, it's this locker room. Now, do I think they're going to win MLS Cup? Probably not. If they make a long you know, playoff run, I would say you should be grateful of that. I definitely think it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, they get knocked out early in the playoffs, but I don't think Revolution fans should finally be thinking, oh, we're finally going to get that MLS Cup trophy. seems like they're going to have to be a little bit more patient and, you know, wait for these next upcoming years. No, I agree with you there, and we'll see what happens. Of course, you never know. They may make a run, and they might uh, pull off a miracle, but we'll have to wait and see uh, what's coming in front of them. If I can ask you this, 
do you think at the end of this season, do you think both Richie Williams and Kurt Nolfo survive this? Do you think they're going to remain? I mean, to me, it just feels like maybe Richie's done. Maybe Richie's going to move on from the revolution and take a longer break than normal. But do you feel Anolfo has done enough to remain at the club? Or do you think he's gone once this whole season is over with? Yeah, you know, you mentioned how both Richie and uh, Kurt Anolfo are the L.A. guys and kind of, you know, very much associated with Bruce Arena. So if if I was the club, it would definitely be on my mind of getting a real fresh start. Um, but obviously, Kurt Anolfo has done some great things, you know, with the academy and helping attract talent here. So I think there's definitely a scenario where he still, you know, is with the revolution in 2024. I don't know if that's exactly likely. You know, he, he definitely raised some eyebrows with his comments and, you know, caught the attention of club president Brian Below. But he's giving off the an atmosphere of confidence, wanting to get back to the soccer. Really personally reminded me of, of a politician. And, you know, he, he's definitely portraying the image that the revolution are kind of sick of dealing, as he said, with this baloney and want to really get back to the soccer. So he, he's giving the right message, um, some would say. But obviously, if you really want to get that fresh start, you want to get rid of, you know, the Bruce Arena scent on the club, I think you would have to move on from him. But I, I do see a scenario where he could say, now, when it comes to Richie Williams, I would say it's basically 0% chance that he ends up coming back. It, it seems like there's no way for him. If the revolution were going to stick by him and, you know, have him be the interim head coach for the rest of the season, maybe there's a chance there. But with the course of events, how they played out, it seems very, I would say, basically impossible for him to uh, come back in 2024. Let me ask you this. Outside of the revolution situation, I'm going back to Bruce Arena, of course. Do you think, unfortunately, this is it, that he's ridden off into the sunset? Or do you think he's now going to take some time, rethink what happened, maybe make that attempt to reapply for a head coaching job in MLS and uh, you know, give that uh, permission slip to Commissioner Don Garber say, listen, I've uh, repented. I feel like I'm I'm ready to go back into the into the fold and you know I hope a club in the league can uh, hire me do you think that might happen or do you think maybe this is it he just it's over with it's done the, that era is finished yeah I mean as much as I think soccer fans would want to see Bruce Arena end on his terms and maybe end in a more positive fashion uh it wouldn't surprise me if this is it for him based on just you know comments I believe he made with Kevin Baxter of the LA Times, where he just kind of talked about wanting to do more than soccer. Obviously, soccer has done amazing things for him and his uh, life, but he expressed wanting to do more charity work and kind of, you know, have a life outside of, you know, the soccer industry. So it wasn't surprising to see he kind of takes this opportunity, you know, rest, kind of recharges, and kind of assesses the situation. There's definitely a chance that he comes back, uh, you know, whether it be the coach at MLS or maybe know even on the international level again but i would not be surprised at all if he just kind of rides off and says sunset said kind of do some more charity work he'll be cheering on you know with son kenny over in fc cincinnati and just kind of you know go into the back phase kind of go go into the fold and kind of be a civilian if you want to say absolutely i mean look i think he deserves that at least i mean what he's done for the sport in the united states has just been tremendous and i've always been uh, a fan of his. I remember him winning those uh, early MLS Cup championships with DC United. 
Then, of course, he takes on the U.S. men's national team job and uh, gets them the furthest this national team has ever been since the 1930 World Cup. Of course, they only went as far as the semifinals back then. And in 2002, he goes and gets them all the way to the quarterfinals, unfortunately. I still say that our boys should have had at least a penalty kick opportunity when they were down 1-0 to the Germans, and that was a handball at the far post. And uh, they, we should have at least gotten the penalty kick opportunity. That's all I can say about that. I'm not saying they would have beaten the Germans. I'm just saying they should have had an attempt to level the match from the penalty spot. Um, and Sam, do you – what do you think is going to happen again – once again, you know, at the end of this season? What do you think about Brian Biello? Do you think – He's going to remain as president of the revolution. Do you think the crafts are going to keep him after all of this has happened? Or do you feel that it's not really his problem, it's not his doing, and that they'll let him remain and maybe pick new people to run the revolution? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of misconception into what Brian really does, especially after Bruce Arena's acquisition. He kind of transferred to more of the business side of things. So it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up staying along. You know, he, he mentioned it today. He's never once had a conversation with the Crafts about his job status or, you know, job security. So it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up staying. I, I do think, obviously, when you have in, incidents like this and kind of controversy and you know, turmoil, it does kind of fall on the club president to kind of answer some questions, and he sort of did that today, so kudos to him for doing that. Um, but especially compared to Richie Williams and Kurt Anopo, I think his, his seat is uh, much less hot. His seat is a lot more safer uh, compared to, you know, Kurt Anopo and Richie Williams, just based on the fact he's more on the business side. You know, he's not, you know, going out there scouting players. He's not, you know, on the sporting side. He's more focused on, on the numbers and just helping the club grow in that aspect. No, that's great to hear, and we'll see what happens down the road, obviously, when we get to the off season. I guess, finally, is there is there a little bit more clarity with the fans now, with the supporters? I mean, you've been going through spaces on Twitter. Obviously, the Rebellion wants to have that supporter summit. Do Have you talked to anyone that uh, has interacted with you about this whole situation? Do you feel now the anger has leveled off somewhat or are, is there still anger and confusion with this whole situation from the supporter side of things? Yeah. I mean, I I can at least kind of give a testament to the comment section of, you know, the blazing musket. There there still seems to be some anger towards a lack of transparency and, you know, the lack of clarity when it comes to all these issues. Obviously, again, you understand there's a victim involved, there's an investigation involved. So there is some, you know, protections being there, and, you know, you want to make sure to protect the victim. But I think the Revolution fans still want some sort of answers, especially with the stuff that isn't really involved with the investigation. That's more about the future of the club, how the club will be run, et cetera, et cetera. So I would still say there is some some anger among the supporters kind of wanting a bit more transparency. Yep, I agree with you there. Any final thoughts uh, before we say goodnight on this special edition, Sam? Anything you'd like to talk about uh, involving this situation? or uh, what, what can we expect from the Revolution with their remaining seven matches to finish up this uh, regular season campaign? 
Yeah, you know, first, just want to thank you so much for having me, Dan. I also promised Gustavo Lopes that I would let you know that he's at highest. So thank you. Uh, he, he very much appreciates your work. Um, but also, too, uh, you know, it will be really interesting to see how the revolution close out the season. It's it's funny because you can almost see them, you know, losing every game, but you can also see them, you know, maybe galvanized and going on a run. Again, I, I don't think they're going to win an MLS Cup. But I do think these final games will be interesting no matter how they go, just to kind of get a gauge on how the locker room is doing, you know, how the players feel about all this and just the overall atmosphere there. Because going into the off season will be a lot more interesting. You know, players were expecting someone like Bruce Arena to be coaching. If they have a contract expiring, it'll be interesting to see who could be staying, who could be going. So there's a lot of unknown, and I don't know if we'll get any answers anytime soon. Absolutely. Sam, as always, thanks a lot for joining me tonight. I, I wish it was on better circumstances, but, you know, we got to take care of these crazy, nutty situations that have popped up out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, hopefully there will be a better conclusion uh, at the end of this season, but we'll have to wait and see. But thanks again, Sam, for joining me tonight. Thank you, Dan. All right. That's Sam Minton from the Blazing Musket as uh, we talk about the situation with the New England Revolution as Bruce Arena stepped down as both sporting director and head coach of the club. Um, all you can say is that you wish that this stuff would never happen. Unfortunately, it does. You know, as I have said, I do respect Bruce Arena for what he has done for the game in this country, both uh, at the Major League Soccer level and the U.S. men's national team level. If it was not for Bruce Arena to get all of this off the ground, uh, we, we would basically still be stuck at the same place because, once again, it takes a, it takes a real strong and brilliant mind like Bruce Arena to put our sport, or at least this sport, the world's favorite game on the map. It's been there before, but not at the level where it should be, and internationally as well. And what he has done to start this off internationally, I mean, I'm not saying you're throwing away what John Harkes and Taberamos and Alexei Lalas has done back in 1994, at least also 1990, uh, to get it started. But, you know, for the superstar status for this national team that it truly deserved, that 2002 World Cup run was truly the giant push that our players needed to really threaten and say, we are ready for the international stage, and you watch us. That was Bruce Arena. That was, the, that was him. I know he had some failures in 2006, and I know he, had that, he was part of the failure of 2018 to not qualify for the World Cup. But still, though, um, we, we cannot forget what that man has done at all. And I just want to say, um, if this is the last hurrah, and he does ride off into the sunset to Bruce Arena. Thank you for what you have done for the game in this country. Thank you for your talents as a tactician to push us forward to be recognized that we are now no longer on the sidelines, that we are on the front foot and we are attacking. Once again, I want to thank Sam Mitten from the Blazing Musket. 
for joining me tonight. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Join me uh, this upcoming Tuesday for another regular Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. Another manager sacked this season in Colorado and more information to come. And then the following week, Open Cup Week, the final, more qualifying. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Have a good night, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for your time. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care. So long and bye-bye for now.